Welcome to the Broadcast Dialogue podcast, the show all about the media industry in Canada. Welcome to Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. I'm Connie Thiessen. This episode brought to you by CBS News Radio Connect. The Connect Select team puts together fresh entertainment and lifestyle content for music stations before it goes viral. Learn more at MomentumMediaNetworks.com. Cube Radio. Cube, or QUB radio, if you're calling it up on your smart speaker, is the digital radio and podcast platform launched by Quebec or last October. The station recently introduced the concept of a customizable morning show that allows listeners to build their own programming based on personal preference. On this episode of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, Mathieu Turbide, Quebecor's Vice President of Digital Content, on the company's move into online radio and the challenges of monetizing an emerging format. My name is uh, Mathieu Turbide. I'm uh, Vice President for Digital Content at Quebecor Media. I'm uh, originally a journalist, so I started, you know, uh, 30 years ago uh, as a radio, then print, and even TV reporter for a couple of years. And then I managed people uh, in newsrooms for uh, many years, and I was given the opportunity to move into digital content eight years ago. So I've been monitoring the and supervising the uh, digital move, shift, or transition that we've made at the first at Le Journal de Montréal, which is a daily newspaper in Montreal, and then for all the media companies that Quebecois own. So we own TV stations, magazines, newspapers, and the pure player digital websites also. So you've really been there through the entire digital shift. Yeah, 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 we can say that, yeah. So let's go back to last October when Quebecor launched QUB Radio. What was the yeah. catalyst for this project? Did you see a gap in the marketplace? Actually, there was a gap in our portfolio, if you want, because we are probably the biggest media company in Quebec, uh, most certainly, not probably, and we... We were, you know, uh, involved in all the aspects of content uh, distribution and creation of uh, of content, TV, newspapers, magazines, etc. The only place that we, the only sector that we were not involved in was radio, because, uh, as you know, since it's regulated uh, market by the the, the government, uh, you cannot own too many uh, different types of media in one city. So we. We actually wanted to be in radio since uh, many years, but we faced uh, the opposition of the of the the CRTC about that. So we we couldn't have a traditional, you know, uh, radio FM or AM radio stations in, in in Quebec, Montreal, or Quebec City. So when we saw that people started to listen to audio, but more on a internet uh, base, uh, that we we, we 
we saw there an opportunity for us to create and distribute audio content, but without the obligation of having, you know, a, 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 a certificate from the, the CRTC to operate the real uh, radio station on, on the FM band. So that's that's where we saw the opportunity, and then we we looked at what the market was uh, looking for, uh, and it was going more and more on on-demand audio content, as you know, for music, but also for podcasts. So uh, that's when we decided to uh, create uh, Cube Radio. So what have you learned since the launch last October about how people are consuming content? Well, that's uh, an interesting question because we're learning every week, (laughs) every season since uh, it's only been 10 months. But uh, as you know, we, when we created Cube Radio, we knew that it was a new thing for people to get to listen to audio, talk radio content on a on-demand uh, basis as they consume video uh, on Netflix, for, for example. So we decided to, to build it on two uh, tracks. So the first track was doing like a, a live linear programmation for our uh, a radio station, just as we would have done if we had uh, launched a, a, a traditional radio station. We hired a host and uh, had a, a, a daily uh, combination of shows that from morning show to till the, the evening show. So we, we built a, a, our real traditional radio station. But aside from that, on another track, part of our, our, our station to work on uh, podcast creation and, and podcast availability in our app and websites and also on the uh, other apps that distribute podcasts like Apple and Google and, and so forth. So we, what we've learned is that the traditional uh, way of listening to radio, it reached a certain audience that we knew we could because we're quite a big you know, media network, but uh, where we saw growth was really in the on-demand part of our uh, solution, if you want. So even for our uh, regular uh, uh, programmation, but also for uh, the podcast, we saw growth from the day one. So every month has been better uh, going forward, and it's we're still seeing that right now because we launched the fall 2019 just last week. So we saw uh, really a, a big growth in our on-demand content uh, uh, listening in our stats. I don't know if you can talk about how many listeners you're actually drawing, but I'm I'm interested to know what QUB's most popular offerings are and how and when you're finding people are listening. We do have uh, ways to to measure our audience that are very very accurate, but that are not, you know, in direct uh, uh, line with what we hear from those other type of measurements in the market. So we're, we're being cautious about the way we want to uh, get in the public on the market with our numbers. We're still working on a, a very logic way to, uh, to present the audience because people listen to, listen to us in a variety of ways. You know, they listen to us live on our app, live on our websites, live on TuneIn, live even in our cable distribution company, Videotron, which we we Quebecar owns also. We we also stream Trib Radio uh, directly for in, in the two millions uh, setup box, you know, for cable that Videotron has in Quebec. 
So we also have a good proportion of our people listening us there. And then we have all the on-demand or, you know, the podcast listening, even our our shows, regular shows that are the, available on, on podcasts or our pure podcast. So we're trying to make uh, something that would be easy for the market to understand all the people that listening to all our products, let's say at 8 a.m. in the morning, either it's our morning show live or something that they're listening, you know, on a podcast. And, and so we want to get the, the, the more precise way of, uh, of, uh, of filling them the audience that we have. So we're still working on that. So I'm not giving you any numbers right now, but some we'll get to that uh, because we're kind of exploring right now the way that the digital audio is uh, is consumed and for how many minutes. So there's many, let's say, parameters that we want to be sure to uh, that are pertinent to the, uh, the advertisers that uh, we work with. So I don't know if it answers your question about the numbers, but then what is the most listened to product that we have? It's it's our morning show uh, that we created last year, but that we updated this season with the quite new interesting feature is that we can build, if you want, the, the, the morning show uh, from 6 a.m. in the morning. So when people wake up, they have the ability on our app to choose all the segments that usually are present in the, the daily morning show. But they could, they can organize it so they want if they want to listen to the sports newscast before the uh, the daily interview or before the the comment from uh, our political analyst, so they can organize and even skip some of the segments and then start the playlist exactly as they would do with a music playlist on Spotify, for example. So that's quite new, interesting and exciting for us. So because we see that people, it's only been a week now and people are really. Uh, digging to it, and we see the growth uh, in that type of uh, uh, of way to listen to our products. I think a customizable morning show is definitely a first for Canada. How did that concept emerge? You know what? It <laughs> it emerged from my own experience because I I'm more a, a late morning than a early morning guy. So I said to my people, you know, we have this good show, but uh, when I wake up at eight o'clock, I would like to to have the ability to listen to the two good segments that I missed while I was still sleeping, uh, and then I know I have another segment that I really like around nine o'clock, and that's too far away because I have to go and I have only thirty minutes to commute to work. So, how could I have that, you know, and create my own twenty-five minutes of show that I really want to to listen to in the morning without having to wait or wait that it's been uh, that it's online or wait that it's uh, live uh, in the show because so I said if we can make it exactly as I would do when I go running and I choose you know 30 minutes of songs that I like to run while, uh, and listening to the, those songs that would be perfect and we, we just you know thought about it and then some other people came to, with other ideas and it, in a couple of in a matter of months we had this product which is only available right now in our app but we want to also make it available on our website and maybe in a couple of months, not only the morning show, but all the shows are going to be uh, available that way. But there's like a trick, tricky um, side to this. Is, as you know, a morning show, usually people that work in a morning show, they, they wake up at 3 o'clock, they listen to, they, they, re- they read all that 
available in the news, you know, in the morning, and then they digest it and create a new show from 5.30 to 6 or, or 6 a.m. to 9. And we had to change that because we had to have some content available as ready as uh, as early as 6 a.m. So we actually asked those people, the, the this team, to split their shift and start working in the late afternoon the day before. So all the content that we could prepare in advance, because we have ties with the newsroom in the newspapers we own. So if the newspaper, the Journal de Montréal, for example, breaks a big story in the morning, we can be, you know, in an embargo uh, situation, we can be in the loop and then make the interview at the end of the afternoon with either the reporter or the people that are involved in the news, the big story that breaks up in the morning. And we have all that available at 6 a.m. when we when, when the people you know, wakes up with this big story in the morning. So we actually do in advance what other radio stations would do at 4 a.m. in the morning. So that's, uh, uh, that's been a, a, a bit of a challenge, but it works, and everybody's happy about it, even the, the people who have to split their days in two to, to make it work. So you believe on-demand content is the future of radio? For us, it's, it's, it's quite uh, obvious because, as you know, we don't have the, a number on the FM band that we can uh, rely on as other traditional. So we have to find ways to respond to the needs of the people who, used to, who are used to listening to audio content in a digital way on their phone or on their computer. So if you look at what's big in audio on a phone right now, for many people, it's music. And music is move from, you know, a more traditional way of distributing itself, you know, by uh, CDs and then with, you know, iTunes uh, selling MP3s. It it evolved into a streaming and then it moved uh, quite fast to the playlist. So you choose, either you choose what you want to listen, you put it in an order and you you launch your, your playlist, or you ask your app to suggest, you know, music that you would like probably. That's me- what's made Spotify, you know, very big in the last years. So we, we look, looked at that and we said, okay, what if talk radio was like music? So we have for that to create content that's uh, interesting. And we're also looking to expand uh, our content are available by making some partnerships with other people that produce audio content. And when we get this big portfolio of, co- of content available, we think that it's going to be a, a more and more the way that people are going to listen to audio in the future, exactly. Why do you think more media companies haven't more aggressively gone in this direction? Well, I think in the States you see that a lot. So many, you know, traditional newspapers like the New York Times, Washington Post, they're investing a lot in audio and podcast uh, creation, and, and they're making also some partnerships with distributors to be sure that they, they, their products finds uh, its audience. So I think in the States, it's, uh, it's already begun. In Canada, it's, it's true that it's, uh, we're probably the first you know, private media company to go uh, uh, as fast on this track that, uh, as we do. In English Canada, I think CBC has some things interesting going on, and also Radio Canada and French Canada. But it's different because they're, as you know, they they, they don't have that same challenge, you know, to monetize this content as we do. <laughs> so that's for us the biggest challenge is to 
we know that we're going to find audience. We see it right now. Even if I can cannot give you numbers, I can give, say, say to you that it's it's growing and growing, and we think in a couple of years it's going to be very big. But the challenge still is to be able to monetize that. And we think it's going to be able, but we're going to be you know patient finding the perfect business model for that type of content because it's it makes sense for us. Are there advertisers showing a lot of interest in your in your podcast and digital offerings? That's the the challenge I was just referring to. Advertisers, and I'm not, you know, as I said to you, I'm a reporter more than a, on the the advertising side of media, but I do run this, so I, I have to to learn. But the, the the advertising is like divided in traditional medias that are that have, you know, people specializing in media placement in agencies, let's say, big agencies that sell, you know, national advertising or international advertising. And then you have the the local advertising, uh, which is a a very different way of of selling uh, ads and and getting, you know, for, say, um, some collaboration or partnerships with with, uh, companies. And, And on top of that, in the agencies, sometimes you see that people that run the radio uh, advertising placement are different than the people who run the digital advertising placement. So it's a big thing for us right now to work with these people and to explain that we're doing radio, yes, but it's digital radio. And we're more into looking to the future for, like, let's say, programmatic revenues. Uh, ways of being able to target specific audiences with our tools where we can offer you know uh, targeted audiences to uh, to advertisers so we're we're working more on that which is more like a digital way of uh, placing ads than the traditional radio you know that tracks its audience by thousands of people at the minute or the, at the quarter of an hour so it's it's still a challenge for us to get to uh, educate the the agencies and the client the, the advertisers uh, to to understand what's what's in it for them you know in in uh, in this type of uh, of content but we think in the last year all this is going in the the next years all this is going to be more precise and more easy to understand for people uh, as we're going along and they see more and more audio and podcast content being listened to is there anything else in the digital pipeline that we can look forward to at Quebecor? Oh yes, there's more. there's so much in the digital pipeline right now. Where if you if you look at the company we have, which is quite unique, it's not a model that you see often. But we have you no know, cable, big cable company uh, that's also a big internet provider in Quebec. We're also a big uh, mobile phone operator. And we have all this, these media companies, you know, newspapers, magazines, web, TV, uh, specialty channels. So the big challenge for us in the future is going to be how do we distribute all the, this, these content to get to, to the audiences and to get the audiences to use maybe, you know, our own company products, you know, like our mobile phones, our internet service and our cable subscription service. So we... We have to work together. You know, we're known for our convergence strategies that have been very successful for us since the uh, 20 years now. So we, uh, we're looking forward to work more and more in convergence for all our, the different aspects of our company to make it work in the future for a long time. 
Is there anything else you'd like to touch on, Mathieu? No, I think we, we've covered it all. Uh, I hope you, you, you get to see, even if it's in French, to get to try maybe this uh, on-demand morning show that you can organize and see how it's cool. And maybe it's going to be uh, influential for the other companies that are looking uh, at what we're doing. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.